0: You're listening to the Coach and Joe podcast: conversations on friendship
1: with God. Welcome to Coach and Joe, the the Coach and Joe. Joe keeps telling me not to stop saying. We, the we Coach call and Joe. we call
0: this thing a podcast, even though it's not just a podcast. We can't keep doing that.
1: This is preacher. This is Joe. This is Micah. Michael, let's start with you. All right. When was your first panic attack? <laughs> <laughs> um, do you remember? I,
2: it was when I was nineteen. So I'm 32 now. It's so 12 years ago. Do the math. 2000. What is the
1: first like, one's always the best.
2: 2019. So 2000. 2002. Two. Or no, that's seven years.
1: I'm not good at math.
2: No, you're right. Over a decade ago. Describe it
1: to me. They're a lot of fun.
2: I thought I was having a heart attack.
1: Yeah, been there, been in the hospital. I had an EKG. I can trump anything you got. Keep going. You did?
2: I thought I was having a heart attack. I had this voice inside of my head saying, you're going to die, you're going to die. My mom had died of a heart attack two years Mm -hmm. before. So, a little substantiated evidence that I might actually die. But I didn't die. But I did go to the hospital five times in about a year span. What did they say when you went? They said that... The first lady said that I needed to go home. I was 19. She knew that. She said, "You need to go home and have a glass of wine." And I just looked at her. Wow. And she said, "There's nothing wrong with your heart. EKG's fine. I did a stress test, everything." And what not Paul, Paul
1: told Timothy to put a little wine on it. That blesses me so much. What well, you didn't call him panic attack. I guess up north you guys call him something else or.
0: I did have one when I was at Bethel. my most recent one.
1: Well, you had one in Michigan too.
0: Yeah, I did. I had multiple. But the one at the one at Bethel was probably the worst feeling I've had in recent memory. I was there. I went to Bethel School of Ministry. It has nothing to do with the school. It just was something that happened with me internally. I went to school one day, and the class is huge there. Like, the first year, it's like 1,500 to 2,000 people. And for whatever reason, I mean, this was like six months and me being at school there. I walk in one day, and I couldn't find my group of people that I usually sat with. And for some reason, it like brought this panic to me that was abnormal. Well, I sat down like in the middle of the Civic Auditorium, and so I was surrounded by people I did not know. And as soon as they started talking, whoever it was, it, it like shut me down. My heart started racing. I started crying. Like Tears started to come down. I got up and went outside for a walk, and I had never had anything like that before. It just was overwhelmed with panic, and anxiety, and fear. I'm trying to think of my first
1: one. First I remember driving a car as a teenager, and I just had these thoughts hit me of like, what if I died right now? What if I died right now? What if I died right now? And I'm like, what in the world's going on? (laughs) And and you know, it's interesting looking all these years later. Paul says, take every thought captive. Mm -hmm. What camera am I supposed to look in? The one on the have you ever considered that not every thought that you have is from yourself. I hate the devil. Uh, I want to tell a story. I was at your house. You were in McDonald's before you you and Lindsay and the boys, Abby moved here to work. Mm-hmm. But I had an angelic encounter so strong. You, you and your wife gave up your bed. I got to sleep in your bed. And you, Where'd y'all sleep? In the den or something?
2: On the floor. No. On the floor. The mattress.
1: <laughs> and I'm serious. I woke up hearing the sound of men singing outside your door. And I I thought someone had the radio on, and it sounds just like the angels on that Jason Upton song, Fly. Mm -hmm. The next night, I wake up with an angelic encounter. I I knew you must be a powerful man of God, because I was like, what in the world? Like some (laughs) warp zone in here. And I had an angelic encounter with one with wings laying across me, hovering above me, and it's like, okay, what is going on? I wish I would have known as a kid what I know now. We are in a war. The yep. thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy typically right here, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, let's start with you. I, I want to get really practical. I'm going to be quiet. They're angels. They're demons. There's a battle for your mind. The Father is real. It Paul says renew your mind daily it seems to be that not some of spiritual warfare, but it seems to me that all of warfare is up here, yep. right? Yep. Or in here too. How have you recognized that there's a supernatural reality that that helps you, that the angels surround you, that the Father is in you? You've gone from a place of panic to a place of power. How have you gone from panic to power?
2: I think... I mean, the biggest thing is you have these experiences along the way, either through people or through reading the word that you experience the supernatural or at least the revelation that it exists. And so I knew that it existed. And I should have kind of followed the trail of uh, breadcrumbs that the Lord was leaving me because after my mom passed away two days later, my roommate had an encounter with an angel that gave him a scripture for me, Matthew 6, 34. Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow worries about itself. I was a college student. I didn't have anything to worry about. I had never had panic, had some anxiety, but not like heart attack stuff where I'm laying on the floor thinking I'm going to die. Never went to the hospital or anything like that. And so it took me two years into the experience to realize that this wasn't something that was rooted in the natural. That It was actually a spiritual war. Over my life, over my calling, my family. And, but I should have realized Mm -hmm. early on that if he gave me that scripture, then I was about to have a reason to worry.
1: Well, see, I didn't know either. This is why part of my passion comes from helping younger people uh, be able to destroy the works of the devil earlier than I did. I had vertigo so bad in my house one night, my room one night, when I was 22. And I said, God, what do I do? And he said, you resist the devil and he will flee from you. Before I knew even what I did, I said, I command this to go. And it went instantly. Uh And I said, what else do I not know? Mm -hmm. Is it possible that we have more power than we have believed? Nelson Mandela said man's greatest fear is actually that we're more powerful than we once believed. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that we actually do control our own mind? Mm -hmm. Is it possible that we do have a sound mind? Mm-hmm. And that we can not take every cap thought of how how have you gone from panic to a much higher level of power?
0: I think it's understanding. Was it First Thessalonians that talks about us being spirit, soul, body? Is that
1: First Thessalonians five twenty three or Second Thessalonians five twenty three? Okay,
0: so it talks that we're we we are. You should say this with me. We are a spirit. We have a soul, and we live in a body. I think understanding how we are like as beings is really important for us to understand how to fight, right? Yeah. So like at our core, we're spirit, we're spirits. Like that's that's where we are. And we have yeah. souls that, yeah, it's very odd. Do you have any passages come to mind to prove that? Yeah, the, um, the psalmist always talks about the saving of our souls.
1: Um, what about the spirit part? There's two that pop out of
0: me. John 17, where it talks about the oneness with Christ Jesus. It's referring to our oneness in spirit. Um, what are the ones that pop Remember out? Remember
1: when Stephen's being stoned? What oh did, yeah. What does he say? Receive my spirit. That's interesting.
0: That Remember really when
1: uh, the Lord's on the cross, Father, into your hands I commit my
0: spirit. That interesting. that's good, Coach. I think that's the first thing we have to understand. We have to understand that our weapons of our warfare aren't carnal. Yeah. What right, What does that mean? It means that we're not fighting against Micah and Chad or whatever you want to call your enemies or whoever. Like your issue is not people. Your issues, spiritual attacks on people Mm -hmm. and people that are partnered with things in the in the spirit realm, Mm -hmm. right? The scriptures talk about the different heavens, which is odd. You know, this is where we'll lose like some people, I'm sure.
1: Paul said talking about
0: multiple heavens. Yeah, he says he was caught up into the third heaven in a vision. He was referring he actually went to like the throne room, like Mm -hmm. heaven, heaven. But the second heaven is the realm of the spirits of of the angelic and the demonic. That's where the warfare is, I think, I think it's in the book of Daniel where we get like a peek behind the curtain. I think there was a prayer offered up and an angel comes and said, Hey, I was making my way to you, but I got held up by the Prince of Persia. (laughs) That'll mess mess with your mind. This angel's talking about, Hey, like God heard your prayer and he wants me to tell you that you were heard, but on my way traversing through the second heaven to you, there was basically a demonic stronghold that held me up on my way over.
1: Have you ever heard a story about Bob Jones, the prophet? Which one? That guy's crazy. Who was it that someone was battling something? And uh, Bob's like, you keep seeing a certain fellow in the second round. <laughs> oh, and it's like, what in the world? <laughs> Let me ask you this. You, you're you someone that had hardcore anxiety, man. Yeah. And now you, you're the prophetic gift on you is as strong as anyone I know. Mm-hmm. How ha- It didn't happen to you instantly. No. You leaned into it. Yeah. You've given me words. I, I've lost count of how many times me and you, It's it's... It's like it's in the natural. It's so prophetic. It's ridiculous. Yeah. How have these people watching this, we're trying to help people walk in friendship with God. How can you go from a person of panic to getting words, even like you get 10 times a day? How do you do it? I mean,
2: I think the thing that everybody gets easily, especially in kind of our world of just the spiritual world we're in, the people you run with is the, spiritual warfare aspect of it, the prayer, reading the word, renewing your mind, uh, practically just getting identity of who am I and who is the father. But for me, the and, and that's a huge deal that there's a lot of resource on. But for me, I actually stayed in anxiety and panic off and on until I realized that I could actually sometimes not think about something, uh, spiritual that I could actually stop and just be, um, and that God somehow was pleased with that, that just to rest and, um, that he wasn't so angry at all things natural that I couldn't just, uh, be a person. Um, I think sometimes the prophetic, if it's, if it's stewarded in the wrong way can be so intense that someone who like me, who's dealt with anxiety, I feel like I can't watch a football game. I can't go to the beach. I can't do anything spiritual. Every break that I would have when I was in college ministry, I, it would get stirred up like a hornet's nest inside of me because so I'm like, okay, we got to be doing something. We got to take ground. You know, or what are all these people doing vacationing?
1: You said this is why God sent me into your life. Yeah, absolutely. Just
2: talk it out practically. Well, it was confirmation that He started to speak to me that, hey, it's okay for you to sometimes take a break and not have to think about the warfare, think about what are the angels or the demons doing or what is the Holy Spirit doing, but to actually just rest in who God is and who he says I am, to enjoy my life, to enjoy my family, and uh, to see that there's a a level of holiness on that natural part of my life. And he didn't just redeem my spiritual life. He redeemed my whole life. It's all spiritual. And
1: Mm. I'm not so sure uh, people that listen to this show believe that. Yeah. I'm not. Do you believe that?
0: Yeah, I do.
1: How does it play out?
0: Um, well, it's understanding the personhood of Jesus. So, like, it's understanding, because I think we can have a misconception of who Jesus was when he was here. He was fully God, but he was also fully man, which means, like, have you ever thought that Jesus laughed? Like, that that right there, especially in this culture and in this part, like, that would be some irreverence that i'm spewing on this podcast seriously like there are people that would think that that is not holy to think of jesus ever having had laughed because he was what's the fruit of the spirit it's
1: It's, joy it's love and out of love comes what joy peace what else kindness
0: goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control
1: okay hang on so here's what you just said the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control is seriousness a fruit of the spirit (laughs) Answer my question. Hey, no, it's not. That goes over, can I say it? That Like a pregnant pole vaulter. Not well. <laughs> like a turd in the Christmas punch bowl, I'm serious. It does. Do you know there's been people who left Bridgeway because I say seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit? Mm-hmm. Do you I'm know sure. what? Do you you want to grow in the prophetic? You ready? About to train you. If you learn to laugh a little bit, God will share you his secrets. Some people are more serious than and in, uh, in spiritual than God is. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap, take a walk, watch a ball game. Send all emails to Brian Fan <laughs> at the coach and Joe podcast backslash dot com net. All right. Why? What is it about, especially young people, they're so drawn to people who are so serious when it comes to the things of God?
0: Because, and I think the answer is simple. I think it's because we. Have been raised by people that don't know him.
1: Mm.
0: I think I think we've been we've got people raising us that have known a lot about God, have studied Him, and maybe even got their dissertation on the things of God. Knock, not who's there?
1: Boo, boo. Why are you so sad, Mister Theologian? I swear, I go to seminary. I go to seminary, and I'm in the commons one day, and I told God, "This is depressing." Yeah. This is depressing. You know what the first miracle is? Uh, wine at a feasting festival. Jesus did eighty-five percent of his ministry on a lake. I don't blame him. Don't call that over there. The Israelis call it a sea. It's not a sea, but they, but you know what I mean. Think, think about. Hey, I don't blame the Lord. When I was in Jerusalem a month ago, I couldn't wait to get back to Galilee. Yeah. There's just something light about water. I got my toes in the water, sitting in the sand. You're not quoting this song, right? Now. Not, not a worry in the world. Okay. Diet Coke in my hand, life was good today. <laughs> Mary had a little lamb. She would have been a sheep. She joined an overactive church and died of lack of sleep. Where's the idea of Sabbath rest, vacation, fun? You, you know, you know. When I look back, if when people get to know you, the prophetic gift on your life is astounding. Mike, mm-hmm. I don't really think about it. Like the times that I enjoy connecting with you the most typically are about three things. The literal sun, and I'm not I'm not talking about your t-shirts. But saying Jesus is the sun. I'm talking about like the literal sun in the sky. In the sky.
0: Yeah.
1: That Jesus is in the sky. He is in the sky. sun. Uh football or literally the beach.
2: Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think we're doing a disservice with this show, if we don't talk about the natural side of things, some people are so tightly wound, they can't connect with God because they're more spiritual than he is. Yeah. Jesus.
2: God G- told me that if this is where I got a crossroads with this and is after I had met you and I was getting all this confirmation, but everything inside of me, it was like, you can get rid of that religious spirit, but you still have religious tendencies. And I had the tendency to just shy away from that and, he he confronted me one day and he said, "If you don't start resting with me and playing with me, then you'll never know me as father or friend."
1: Oh, yeah, he said, yeah. Oh gosh. And remember that time we are on a hike. Okay, I'm in. There was that barn where are there animals out there? Where on some yeah. hike? Where was that? I was in Locust Grove, Georgia. And I looked at you and I said, "There's there's a there's a season coming in your life. It's a Zach Brown season. You yeah, got to learn the Zach Brown season." Mm-hmm. I. I I love the Lord because I had so many misconceptions of him growing up. Mm-hmm. You you've laughed more in the last six months than you did I the have. than you did the first I, six that, months. Yeah, that's here. true. Yeah. You laugh a lot. I laugh a lot. People think why why is it odd for someone who's in love with the father, even in leadership? I don't see enough leaders laughing. You know what, too? You know what? Not He's showing me this right now. I'm getting a word of knowledge. I'm also starving. I just realized that. And I'll, I want to ask you a question about tanning oil in a second. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I think we take ourselves a little too seriously. Yes. Not just over-spiritualize our pursuit of Him, even ourselves.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It is free. Yesterday was the most free I've been preaching in a long time. There, It had like a 17-minute intro. And I almost didn't even preach. I felt so free of just, the Holy Spirit said in my left ear, this church needs to laugh, Chad. All right, we'll close with this. And be honest, if you lie, God will show me. Have you ever put the self-tanning lotion on your face?
2: Self-tanning lotion. Did you do it, Micah?
1: The spray. (laughs) No, it's not. I know you have because I can see it. In the spirit. The stuff, <laughs> the stuff that you put on your skin that looks like make yourself look like you have a tan.
2: No. No. I'm Why you well, you're that. getting
0: all red uh, now, I, dude? You, you never, never have. That. Don't lie. I, I'm not red, I'm just tan.
1: You <laughs> swear. just came out of the
0: sun. You swear sun. you haven't.
1: Never. Have I, you I ever put on Hawaiian Tropic that has the gold glitter in it at the beach to get more of a tan? Guilty.
0: Oh, okay, there it is. Sorry, to scare question him as loud.
1: Uh, so, I, I kind of wish he'd be a little bit. Do you put sunscreen on the beach? <laughs> That's
0: not funny, and it's. I'm offensive. asking you.
1: It's offensive. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. I'm asking
0: you. I I don't, but I'll tell you one thing. I went to Hawaii for a month last year, and you you didn't put on sunscreen there. No, I didn't, and I got burned. I peeled for the first time, and
1: I was I didn't know it in was. How did you not? In my whole life, yeah. No, how, how did you not think to put on sunscreen in Hawaii? <sighs> I didn't think about it. It's a misconception. In the name of Jesus, may you perhaps relax, enjoy God, enjoy your life, enjoy your friends, especially the spring coming. Father, I just pray that you would send so much sunshine, specifically on the East Coast, specifically South Carolina, specifically now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: You've been listening to Coach and Joe. For more
2: information and additional content, please visit bridgewaynetwork.org.